Energy Task Force secret. Still doesn't want anybody to know what happened, and I think we all know what happened in those energy meetings. Uh, if the government can send, spend more than it makes in Network at the top of the hour. This is the Quality News Network. In New York at a news conference today, Iran's President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad said his country's nuclear program is peaceful. He added, quote, we do not need a bomb, end quote. In Baghdad today, U.S. General George Casey told the Associated Press that the conflict in Iraq is becoming an internal struggle for political and economic power. It is making a transition away from a fight against the coalition forces. The Iraqi Defense Ministry says insurgents are using a new tactic in suicide car bombs. Instead of volunteers, insurgents are kidnapping people, then rigging their vehicles with explosives and blowing them up remotely after they have been released. Also in Iraq, Italian troops turned over security in a southern province to local control. This is the second out of 18 provinces in the country to be run by the Iraqis. Italy is expected to withdraw its 1,600-member force entirely from the country by the end of this year. In Afghanistan today, the top U.S. general said that U.S. troop levels will remain at 21,000 until at least next year. He also said that the Taliban numbers and influence have grown in the southern parts of the country. In Indonesia today, three Christian militants were executed by firing squad. The death sentences were handed down after they were found guilty of a gun and machete attack on a school six years ago, which left 70 people dead. In Geneva, a U.N. expert says torture in Iraq may now be worse than it was under Saddam Hussein. The special investigator presented a report that indicates militias, terrorist groups, and government forces are not following the rules on humane treatment of prisoners. In Bangkok, the new military rulers have taken the duties of parliament after dissolving it following this week's bloodless coup. Political party meetings are banned and media restrictions are in place across Thailand. Several top members of the deposed prime minister's government have also been detained. In Washington, the reaction to Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez's speech at the United Nations General Assembly yesterday continues. Several Democrats have publicly criticized him for his remarks, which included calling President Bush the devil. Congress has approved a bill that protects U.S. military personnel from predatory sales of high-fee life insurance and investments. And the space shuttle Atlantis safely landed at Cape Canaveral this morning, ending its 12-day voyage. You are listening to the Quality News Network. Science and business news are next. Divorce is never a pleasant experience, but it doesn't have to be a tragedy. If you can rein in the emotions, step back from the anger and victimhood, you can end your marriage with dignity instead of hostility. You married with the best of intentions. Now you need to untie the marital knot with the same mutual respect. Choose collaboration instead of confrontation. Stop wasting money on lawyers. Don't drag this out for five years. A collaborative divorce is better for the children, family, and friends. Collaboration costs a fraction of a contended divorce and can be done within weeks rather than the months or years. An award-winning documentary called Divorce Collaborative Style explains how you can end your marriage fairly and efficiently. For less than what a lawyer charges to answer one simple question, you can get all the answers from Divorce Collaborative Style. Go to collaborativedivorce.tv and order your DVD today. If it's over, end it right. Collaborativedivorce.tv 
British businessman Sir Richard Branson is pledging an estimated $3 billion over the next 10 years to fight global warming. Walmart will begin selling generic versions of its prescription drugs to its customers and employees for as low as $4 a month. The program will first begin in the Tampa, Florida market. The number of Americans who filed for unemployment benefits rose last week by 7,000 to 318,000. That's the biggest jump since early August. Freddie Mac reports that the average rate on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage has gone down to its lowest level in six months at 6.4%. Motorola is unveiling vending machine-like stores that will carry cell phones and accessories. They will be available at malls and airports across the U.S. Hewlett-Packard is no longer cooperating with authorities in its media leak scandal. California Attorney General Bill Lockyer says the company's new law firm has advised against handing over more documents or further discussions. Lowe's plans to open its first stores in Canada by the second half of the next year. The home improvement retailer sees potential growth in Canada with a long-term goal of opening 100 stores. Rival Home Depot has 144 Canadian stores. Light Sweet Crude settled at $61.10 a barrel today. And near the close of Wall Street, the Dow is down 80 points. The Nasdaq is down 15 points. The S&P 500 down 7. There's more at our website, qualitynewsnetwork.com. I'm Allie Gramov. It's five minutes past the hour. Roll up your sleeves and put on your gloves because the work is just beginning. Monday, worry to Taking Back America. From the crusaders who have drained our treasury, created needless wars, and respect the working people to pay for their billionaires' games, it's time for the Bruce Birch Radio Program. Brought to you by the West Virginia Council of Carpenters and Millwrights. They are building the American dream each and every day. You can get in on the program by dialing in to one 877 4 head on That's 1-877-4-HEAD-ON. And now, your host, Bruce Birch. Good afternoon and welcome to the Bruce Birch Radio Program. It's about uh, we'll go between six and seven minutes past the hour here on the eastern coast of the United States where the sun is shining. It's a wonderful fall day today. Uh, very, It's not chilly, but it's it's very temperate outdoors. It's about, uh, I'm not sure exactly what the temperature is, but it's it's cool enough that I chose to put on a an over shirt and uh, before I ran uh, some errands this afternoon. Glad to be back with you again this afternoon. I'm still struggling a little bit with the flu, but uh, we'll get through it today, and we'll talk about some, some interesting things uh, that are going on. If you want to get in on the show today, the telephone number is one eight seven seven four four three two three six six. You can also email me if you're interested in doing that. Uh, I have I always get a number of emails from, from folks. Um, uh, who send me uh, st- uh, ideas, articles, etc. Your email is always welcome. That email address is Bruce at Bruce Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Bruce at BruceBirch.com. 
Also have a show post up at brucebirch.com and headonradionetwork.com if you're interested in going to read that. Part of what we're going to be talking about today is... uh, well, quite honestly, is some of this stuff that's been, you know, that, that you know, I talked about uh, yesterday or day before yesterday, I guess it was, maybe it was yesterday. I, the days are stringing together now. Uh, about the fact that uh, the October surprise might well be an immigration-related issue. Well, according to two conservative websites, White House political strategist Carl Carl Rove has been promising GOP insiders that will be that there will be an October surprise before the midterm elections. Uh, Ronald Kessler, who is a uh, writer for the right-wing website Newsmax, is quoted as saying, In the past week, Karl Rove has been promising Republican insiders an October surprise to help win the November co- congressional elections. He goes on and he says, uh, President Bush's political strategist is also saying that the final two weeks before the elections will see a blitz of advertising and the Republican National Committee is deploying an army of volunteers to key locations to help the grassroots effort and monitor the election. Uh, steal the election? Apparently the RNC is offering to fly in volunteers and cover their expenses. Anybody want to uh, uh, perhaps go undercover as an RNC operative to monitor uh, the election this fall? Anybody interested in doing that? They'll fly you in and they'll cover your expenses, and you too will get to see an insider's look of the greedy oil party's uh, election machine. A few weeks ago, another conservative publication, The American Spectator, has reported that the that White House staffers have been talking up the possibilities of an October surprise or two leading into the midterm elections. They say that the president feels confidence that he can uh, feels confident that he can still play a role in the election and that he intends to campaign hard for Republicans and that on the policy front there are a couple of issues that can be used as wedges along the way. Uh-huh. I don't know maybe uh Immigration? Perhaps? From the Newsmax article, I will quote this to you. Rove is not saying what the October surprise will be. Asked if he would elaborate and give his thinking about the upcoming elections, he told Newsmax that his take largely parallels what RNC Chairman Ken Melman said in a September 5th Newsmax story. As for the October surprise, Rove said, quote, I'd rather let the balance unroll on its own. So uh, apparently he's got something up his You know, he's always got something up his sleeve. But I, I, I went back, and I read the article that uh, I went to Newsmax. Yes, that's right. I, 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 had, I know I'm going to have to wash my hands here shortly. But uh, I went to Newsmax, and uh, I read the article that Ken Melman, uh, where Ken Melman is talking about uh, the election coming up. Ken Melman has, is saying that if congressional elections were held today, Republicans would hold their majority in the House and Senate. He bases that conclusion on a recent meeting with his regional political directors on private polling and on analyses of individual races. 
He conceded, however, that the House is in a competitive situation. In the House, 35 to 40 seats are in play. In the Senate, 12 or 13 seats could change hands. To tilt the balance, however, Democrats would have to pick up six seats in the Senate and 15 seats in the House. Melman uh, is quoted as saying, I believe that the combination of the relatively narrow playing field, the relatively strong financial position our folks are in, and the National Party is in, the good turnout operation that we have, the motivation of our base, and the lack of motivation of their base, as indicated by turnout in a number of recent Democratic primaries, will do the trick. I don't know if I'd base uh, your your supposition, your assumption, your uh, thinking on uh, the turnout in a primary, my friend, Mr. Melman. I don't know if I'd do that if I were you. Because uh, independents don't uh, vote in primaries in a lot of states. Independents that are the most fickle bunch, right? They swing both ways. They, they, they vote Democrat. They vote Republican. Independents have come out and said that they are very much in favor of voting the Republicans out of office. So trying to base uh, your your assumption on what happens with the uh, uh, with the uh, Democrats, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would uh, if I would do that. I don't know if I'd go so far as to do that. Um, let's see here. Yeah, there's an, there's a couple other items. Tell you what, let's do though. I, I need to I need to grab a quick drink of water. Let's take a break when we come back. We'll get to your phone calls. Uh, if you're on hold, hang on. I'll get right to you. Uh, this is the Bruce Birch Radio Program on the Head On Radio Network being simulcast on radiopower.org. If you want to get in on the show today, pretty wide open day, no interviews, one 443 2366 Email me, bruce at com. I'll be right back after this break. But those jeans have got to go. Yeah, I know. Grab me a pair next time you go to the store, would you? No. Uh-huh. I'm not going there anymore. I can't stand it. What do you mean? It's just awful, honey. The only smile in that building is that big yellow face. Everybody else looks miserable. And I can't find anything there that's made in our country. That bothers me. Well, nobody makes clothes in America anymore. Oh, contraire, mi amigo. There's a ton of American-made clothing at No Sweat. Well, where's this No Sweat store? Out at the mall? No, silly. I found them at headonradionetwork.com. There's a link there. I already ordered some great workout gear, and I also got you some new jeans. They'll be here in a couple of days. 
surprise. Head on RadioNetwork.com? Uh-huh. Just click on the No Sweat banner. You're right there. Helps union workers and helps support America's other liberal network. Cool, huh? I knew listening to the horn was a good idea. Whose idea? Your idea, dear. All the good ones are. Union made? No sweat. Great prices? No sweat. Great looks? No sweat. No sweat at HeadOnRadioNetwork.com. Click the banner. Do the right thing. We look to the day when you can live in freedom and America and Iran can be good friends and close partners in the cause of peace. See, this is where we get a really bad reputation. I live in a country where I'm not even sure if my vote's going to count in November. How free are you? How free are the people on the Gulf Coast? How free are the families that still grieve for the bodies dragged out of Aracoma and Sago? How free are they? He throws around precious terms with precious little regard for them. How free are we that chose by a, a wide margin in the year 2000, November 2000, we chose a man named Al Gore to be the President of the United States. How free are we that we were saddled with this ignorant, ignorant, hateful little man? How free are we? How free? I'm Bob Kincaid. Join me weeknights, 7 to 10 Eastern, right here on the Head On Radio Network. Some dreams are universal. Dreams that inspire us. Multiple sclerosis is a devastating disease that changes lives forever. The National MS Society does more for people with MS than any organization in the world. But we can't do it alone. To get involved, visit us online at nationalmssociety.org or call 1-800-FIGHT-MS. This is why we're here. Because nobody dreams of having multiple sclerosis. You're back on the Bruce Birch radio program. It's about 18 minutes past the hour. Let's go right over to the phone lines. If you want to get in on the show today, you can do that by dialing one eight seven seven four four three two three six six. That's one eight seven seven. The number four. Head on. Chris from Alabama is joining us. Chris, how are you doing this afternoon? Uh, I'm a little tired, Bruce. How you doing? I'm with you there, buddy. Uh, Almond brother is a little better than Rush. I can I can identify that. All right, well, you know, there's some other Southern rock uh, in, in the bumper music, too. Coming from the South, I've seen the Allman Brothers more than I've seen uh, Rush. Yeah. Uh, a piece in the Los Angeles Times from a couple of days ago about Karl Rove coming to Seattle to support Republican uh, challenger Dave Reichert, if 
I'm saying that name right. Uh, meets with them, uh, a little round table discussion and everything. No photographs allowed by the press. And he's challenging Darcy Berner, who is a former Microsoft executive. And there's all these supporters outside. Yeah, yeah, we love you, we love you. No photographs. <laughs> I was just a high profile, mugging little puffy face, bold little brat. God knows what, Carl Rove. We've got to support these candidates, no photographs. Well, you know, because his picture, you know, I mean, you know, you know what's going to happen. I mean, he's going to, something's going to happen with this guy. You know, he cannot, there's no way he's going to be able to walk away from all of this scot-free. And well, the October surprise may be him and Condoleezza coming out. I don't know. Oh, it could, it could very well be. Could very you know, well be. You know, Jeff Gannon got fired recently from a newspaper job, and so perhaps uh, you know maybe maybe he's uh, set Jeff up in a house out there in Seattle or something. You could shore up the S and M and the gay vote. The log cabin Republicans have no more; they have no lobby anymore. You could shut them out completely. It could very well be. You never, I was you talking know. to a Republican uh, at a high school football game the other night, and uh, we got to talking, and uh, I said, "What? A, what about Ann Coulter?" I said. She's, you know, it was the lady I was talking to. Oh, she's sweet. She's cute. What a, and my favorite question, what about that big old flopping Adam's apple hers? And I got the best response ever. She's dainty. Well, you know, um, a lot of people have made a lot of comments about Ann over the years. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, she, she is, uh, the only thing I know about it is that she's damned hateful. And, well, uh, that's like saying uh, Karen Hughes is a dyke. No, no, no. She's a levy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just being hateful. I don't know. But uh, the way the way that uh, she's attacked the nine eleven widows, I think you know she's doing a little of her own. Maybe we shouldn't get down on her level, but. Uh, well, you know, I, I think I think Ann and Sean Hannity and and some of these other folks. You know they're the ones who do the grunt work for the for the Bush administration. You know, yeah, they're uh, they're the dirty hand crowd. Exactly. You know, the the Carl Rove and and uh, and even though even even though Carl he does a little bit of the dirty work too, but you know, uh, all they have to do, all all Dick Cheney has to do is float a a, a you know a, a little small suggestion out there, and Ann and Sean and uh, uh, Rush and whoever else you know they pick it up and run with it. And I'll tell you, you know, they don't need, it's like they don't even need to have uh, Tony Snow there, which I thought it was really interesting that they chose a talk show host to be the press secretary. But uh, they don't even need Tony Snow there because their press secretaries, uh, you know, all work for, you know, all they're on the radio every day. Floating is suggestion, <laughs> floating is suggestion out there in the other state, Karen. Isn't that what Bin Laden does? Uh, well, Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Isn't that, isn't that kind of what I just I discovered a, a website last night. I guess it's been around for a little while. Hindsight, H-I-N-E-S site dot com. They're billing themselves as the anti-drudge. And really? Set up in kind of the same way, mm-hmm. uh, but not near as maniacal or self-loving. Uh, uh, well, there's there's also a website out there called I think it's called the Drudge Retort. Yeah. 
that I've I've known. But you know, Matt, that website of his has got to go. I mean, the the, the design of it is just piss poor. Yeah. But uh, uh, I have heard I have heard so many people who I have never heard talk politics before. Never heard them mention one thing about political this or that. Raving about Chavez's speech and just giggling uncontrollably <laughs> about what he said about Bush. And I've never heard them say anything one way or the other. I've never, these people are people that have never voted, never done anything political minded. They say, what am I? I'm just one person. What am I? You know, whatever I do is not going to matter. And here lately, you know, these people are actually considering getting involved. Well, as I said before, uh, George Bush is possibly the best organizer the left ever had. Oh, absolutely. 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 Bruce, I want to let you go, and I know you've got other stuff. You've got going on plenty of stuff and more callers, but I really appreciate your show. Uh, well, thank you, Chris, and, and uh, do feel free to call in again, my friend. All righty. You take care. All right. Thanks Bye-bye. a lot. Bye now. And that was our good friend Chris from uh, from Alabama joining us uh, from the central time zone. Uh, now let's let's go straight over to our good friend uh, Jim from an undisclosed location. Jim, how are you doing this afternoon? Fine. How are you doing, Bruce? I'm uh, I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm still my 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 voice is a little cracky, but but beyond that, um, I'm okay. Sounds good. You know, I'm not so much interested in the sexual predilections of George Bush and company as I am their ability to reason okay. seems to be not working very well. Yeah, well, I agree with you. And uh, this business of uh, what Mr. Chavez had to say about President Bush, I could not agree with more, agree with more because he said that he was a sick man filled with many complexes. That he needed a psychologist. <laughs> uh, he needs more than that. I was going to say he may need a psychiatrist. Maybe he needs both. Yeah, that's it. I think what he needs to do is to go home to his family. That's what I would like to see him do. And I say that in all sincerity and candor. Because this man can do so much damage and is capable of doing so much damage. And I have a feeling that the second October surprise is going to be a recommencement of an operation in Afghanistan in which they have said, they will not respect any Pakistani uh, agreements. That so they will go into Pakistan if they think they can get Bin Laden there. Well, there's also Jim. There's also a lot of chatter uh, that I've been reading, and uh, based on a couple of uh, uh, you know a couple of sources that I've talked to, that uh, there's going to be a big buildup in Iraq around the first part of December. Uh, that's that could possibly mean a, a you know an, an Iran invasion. Well, if in fact there are incursions into Iran, that will be a disaster of the first magnitude. Now, if you take a look at this week's time, they will discuss in a pretty good article the possibilities, probabilities, and outcomes of said incursion. But I can assure you. If that happens, it will be a net cast force in which we will ensnare only that which is most unprofitable. It's uh, it's not looking good, is it, Jim? We have 1,500 sites already targeted in that country. 
Now, I heard Mr. Ahmadinejad. I heard his speech, and I heard the interview conducted with him. Even though I can understand that he has some problems, I have some problems with some of the things that he says. I can't really tilt lances with him too often on a number of things because these people have been treated very badly, as I said yesterday, by this country and other European nations. And they have a history in which has basically produced a cup in which the vials of wrath are filled. Now, if you look back in the history, back in the days when the Arabs were the superior force in that part of the world and were going into Europe, for example, they occupied Spain, okay? And were driven out, I think, by Charles the Hammer in 732 at the Battle of Tours. But even in occupied Spain, as long as you paid your taxes and basically followed the laws, of the caliph or whoever was in charge in Baghdad. You were allowed to practice your own religion, Jews, Christians, whatever. Now, when the Moors were driven out and the Christians came back in and the Roman Catholic Church came in, the first thing they established, well, not the first thing, but eventually established, was an Inquisition which was much more intolerant than the Arabs had ever been. The Arabs didn't care what religion you practiced as long as you paid your taxes and were a citizen of the state. And that's a historical fact. Yeah. And I bring that up only to support my position, and it's simply my position, my position only, that I feel that they are a reasonable people as long as they are treated reasonably, as any human being is. And I don't think that's what's happening here under this current administration. No, and I don't not. think that they can expect any reasonable treatment from George Bush. As I've said before, none of these people are going to do business with him. And it's my fondest wish, and I wish if I could wish anything in the world to come true, that that man would simply go home to his family and bother this country no more. Well, you know, I, know I, well, I, I, to, I, I, I totally concur with you, Jim. I, I, I know yeah. it's not yeah. going to happen, but, you know, this man still in two years, as I said on Dr. Bill's show this afternoon, I think he poses as much danger to this country as, as Rasputin did to the last days of the Romanov dynasty. I really do. And, I, and this is my personal opinion. I can't support it. It's just my personal opinion. I'm going to get off here. I don't think that Mr. Bush is playing with the full deck. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful of him. I'm not trying to say anything defamatory. But I really just don't think that he's playing with the full deck. His actions sure wouldn't indicate that he would, that he is. His his behavior has of late become more and more asymmetrical. Now I'm not a mental health care professional, but I know something which isn't right when I see it. And you don't have to be a qualified psychiatrist or psychologist to know when somebody, uh, particularly someone who has great power in his hands, is not using that power wisely. And his administration has been a series of unwise use of that power. So, buddy, that's all I have to say to you, and I appreciate the time you've given me. I hope you feel better and continue to mend, okay? Thank, thank you, Jim. I appreciate your call, and I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. God bless you, my friend. Yeah, you too. And that was our friend Jim calling from an undisclosed location. Folks, we're going to take another break. When we come back... Uh, you can get in on the show yourself. one 443 2366 is the number. 
And uh, we'll go on talking about the events of the day. This is the Head On Radio Network, simulcast on radiopower.org. has given us all a unique glimpse at education the way it ought to be. Never once do Harry and his Hogwarts friends talk about skipping class, ducking tough instructors, waiving requirements, or shirking responsibilities. That perspective, be practical, get it the easiest, fastest, cheapest way you can, is what J.K. Rowling terms the muggle approach to education. We're Concord University, and do we have a deal for you? At Concord, education's different than anywhere else around. There's a reason that Concord students get the best jobs, are sought out by the best medical, graduate, and law schools in the land. It's no wonder that Concord has been cited by U.S. News & World Report and by the Wall Street Journal. Where do I sign up? At Southern West Virginia's version of Track 9 and 3 quarters. All you have to do is believe, and believe in yourself. Concord University, an education you can put to work. 1-888-384-5249. Recently on The Guy James Show on the Head On Radio Network. If you have tuned into this program by mistake right now, and you are a Republican, a right-wing Republican specifically, before this program is over, I do want to warn you, you're going to think that I'm the devil. You're going to think I've got horns and a red cape because I hate the Bush administration and everything they stand for. So be warned right away, okay? You're, you're all warned right now that uh, that's where we're coming from today. Don't miss Guy James weekdays, 3 to 5 Eastern Time on the Head On Radio Network. Hi. <laughs> LOL. Well, AISI, it was NBD. Kids are spending more and more time online, and even if you heard what they're typing, you probably wouldn't know what they're saying. Some PPL, whatever. ISS. They chat online in a language full of acronyms, and unless you use it every day, you won't understand it. YIWGP. You won't know what they're saying or who they're saying it to. A lot of times, neither do they. Last year, one in five children was sexually solicited online. So here's an acronym for you. HDOP. Help delete online predators. To protect your kids' online life and to get a full list of acronyms kids are using, call 1-800-THE-LOST or visit CyberTipLine.com. A message from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and the Ad Council.
Back from the storm. This is the Bruce Birch Radio Program. It's 36 minutes past the hour. I've got uh, a story up in front of me now. This is breaking news uh, that apparently the White House and Senate Republicans on Thursday, which is today, by the way, Thursday, that's today, today's Thursday, uh, they were reviewing a tentative deal on legislation setting out rules for interrogating and trying foreign terrorism suspects, and an announcement was expected shortly. The White House has proposed legislation for treatment of such suspects, but uh, obviously has faced a revolt over the last week by a gr- from a group of Senate Republicans who put forward an alternative measure that they said would provide greater rights to suspects. Senate Majority Leader Bill Frist said, quote, we are close, but there is no deal yet. He was meeting with uh, Republican Senators John Warner, John McCain, and Lindsey Graham, as well as an administration, uh, as well as other administration officials to review the tentative deal. An announcement was likely uh, within the hour. This this was posted at 3.30. There probably already has been an announcement. I'll have to look and see. Senator Graham, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, says, I am a happy man. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, exactly the deal, the compromise is. You notice, uh, well, you know, I, I, as I said uh, earlier in the week when Graham uh, came out Monday or Sunday and and uh, talked uh, very, very uh, uh, intensive stuff about this very situation, one of the things that I said was, and I'm sure I think Bob Kincaid also backed it up uh, with that, you know, it's the, the Graham, I mean, you know, uh, We've seen other Republicans come out and uh, and and be very vehement about something, and then turn around and uh, you know basically go along with whatever the, the administration wants. I'm sure that there was a meeting in which it was said, "Guys, we're coming up on an election. Now's not the time to play hero." <laughs> so uh, so there's that. All right, there's apparently a a compromise. I'm going to look right now and see if I can find uh, the text. Uh, Yes, they have uh, reached an agreement, according to this story posted one minute ago on CNN. The White House and GOP senators reached an agreement on a bill setting out procedures for interrogating terror suspects and trying them in front of military tribunals. The compromise measure came after a day of behind-the-scenes negotiations between administration officials, Senate Republican leaders, and three GOP senators who had been objecting to a version of the bill backed by the White House, which would have defined acceptable conduct under the Geneva Conventions. President Bush welcomed the agreement, which he said clears the way for the United States to capture terrorists, to detain terrorists, to question terrorists, and to try them. Of course, uh, it's up for grabs as to whether or not these people would actually be terrorists. Uh, apparently, let's see, I'm looking to see if there's uh, anything, any uh, news about what the proposal, um, what makes it up. And I'm not seeing anything direct about it. I'm sure they'll have something up soon about it, though. Uh, let's see, going back to a couple of other items here. The uh, Democrats 
are uh, outraged by what Hugo Chavez had to say. I, uh, two of President Bush's staunchest Democratic uh, or d domestic critics leapt to his defense Thursday, today, a day after one of his fiercest foreign foes called him the devil in a scorching speech before the United Nations. Representative Charles Rangel, Democrat of New York, scolded Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez by saying, quote, you don't come into my country, you don't come into my congressional district, and you don't condemn my president. Despite the fact that Hugo Chavez is going to help out the uh, poor folks in Harlem with, uh, you know, 100,000 gallons of gas and fuel oil, Rangel decided to condemn Chavez. Nancy Pelosi of California was more blunt in her criticism of the Venezuelan leader. She is quoted as saying, he is an everyday thug. End quote. Chavez kept up his criticism of Bush during a visit to Harlem today, calling the president a sick man who is unqualified for the job. Chavez also said that he is expanding his heating oil program to help low-income Americans. Chavez accused Bush of having spoken as if he owned the world and basically said, quote, uh, the devil came here yesterday, referring to Bush, who addressed the U.N. during its annual meeting on Tuesday. And he says, and it smells of sulfur still today. Rangel, at a Washington news conference, said if there's any criticism of President Bush, it, be, it should be restricted to Americans whether they voted for him or not. Yeah, you know what? Rangel, in my view, Rangel and Pelosi need, both need to just, just shut up. All right? This president has done more harm around the world than any president we have had in a very, very long time. And world leaders have the right, nay, they have the responsibility to speak out and tell the truth about what he's doing. What the... Rangel also went on to say, I just want to make it abundantly clear to Hugo Chavez or any other president, don't come to the United States and think because we have problems with our president that any foreigner can come to our country and not think that Americans do not feel offended when you offend our chief of state. I don't feel offended. Do you feel offended? Hugo Chavez abused the privilege that he had speaking at the United Nations Pelosi said, in doing so in the manner which he characterized the president, he demeaned himself and demeaned Venezuela. Actually, it was a joke, uh, Nancy. It was a joke. Hello. It was a joke. <laughs> Josh Bolton, or John Bolton, excuse me, the, UN, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. said shortly after Chavez spoke Wednesday, we're not going to address that sort of comic strip approach to international affairs. And John Bolton, uh, that's right, Yosemite Sam himself, he would know about comic strip, comic strip approaches, wouldn't he? Anyway, I just, I, I saw that and I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. It blew my mind that, 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 that they were going to, just, ugh. So, uh, and actually Chavez went down into Harlem today and uh, made a speech from a church down there in Harlem. And he underscoring, he, he says, he announced that he is expanding his heating oil program to help impoverished Americans from 40 million gallons last year to 100 million gallons this year. 
and from 180,000 families to 459,000 families. Yeah, he, he's a he's a really mean guy. He, he he's he's really bad. He, he's you know you're not going to get that kind of help out of the oil barons in the White House, are you? Crazy, absolutely crazy. Now uh, moving backwards, moving backwards. Another interesting uh, story. And we'll get to this after our break. It's a little bit too in-depth to get into right now. We're going to talk about Iran coming up here in just a moment. And uh, when we do, uh, actually, we'll take our break. We'll come back. We'll talk about it. First, we'll talk about uh, the CIA and uh, why Bush moved the detainees to Guantanamo. And then we'll talk a little bit about uh, Iran and what's going on there. This is the Bruce Birch Radio Program. If you want to get in on the show today, you have the ability we have the toll-free number. You have the finger. <laughs> Give us a call, one eight seven seven four four three two three six six. 443 I'll be right back. Universities never set out simply to reflect the communities in which they exist. Rather, they serve as seedbeds of change in an ever-changing world. They take pride in being places where truth is freely sought, where inquiry is encouraged, where new ideas and new ways can develop and flourish at the expense of the old. When a true academic community, instructors and students together, acts and expresses itself freely, without fear, all of society benefits. Concord University is already using this new set of challenges as opportunities to serve in ways that strengthen its dedication to community, its commitment to service. In graduate education, in professional services to working professionals, in highly respected fields of study where standards remain high, in continuing to place graduates in the very best professional and graduate schools in the nation, Concord University remains the very best higher education bargain in this region. Don't ever allow yourself to accept anything less. Concord University, still since 1872, an education you can put to work. For an appointment, call 1-800-344-6679. We look to the day when you can live in freedom, and America and Iran can be good friends and close partners in the cause of peace. See, this is where we get a really bad reputation. I live in a country where I'm not even sure if my vote's going to count in November. How free are you? How free are the people on the Gulf Coast? How free are the families that still grieve for the bodies dragged out of Aracoma and Sago? How free are they? He throws around precious terms with precious little regard for them. How free are we that chose by a, a wide margin in the year 2000, November 2000, we chose a man named Al Gore to be the President of the United States. How free are we that we were saddled with this ignorant, ignorant, hateful little man? How free are we? How free? 
I'm Bob Kincaid. Join me weeknights, 7 to 10 Eastern, right here on the Head On Radio Network. There's a place where a total stranger will give their blood to save your life. There's a place where someone you never knew will save your child from drowning. A place where people will give you food and shelter after a flood. There's a place where, when you need it most, someone will reach out their hand, put it across your shoulder and say, everything's going to be okay. That place is called America, where we look out for each other. And it's up to us to keep it that way. When you help the American Red Cross, you help America. You're back on the Bruce Birch Radio Program. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 49 minutes past the hour. Oh, can't sing with a with a throat like this today. Just can't do it. Uh, was looking at a couple of things. Wanted to talk. To, first of all, wanted to talk about uh, to inform you uh, about uh, the, the reason why the Bush administration emptied. Well, it says they claim that they emptied their secret prisons, but everything that I've read says that they have 14,000 people in custody. They can't do that in one prison in Guantanamo Bay. And it's impossible. It's not that big. This story, which is out of the Financial Times, uh, is entitled, CIA Refused to Operate Secret Jails. The Bush administration had to empty its secret prisons and transfer terror suspects to the military-run detention center at Guantanamo this month, in part because CIA interrogators had refused to carry out further interrogations and run the secret facilities. This is according to former CIA officials and people who were close to the program. The former officials said the CIA interrogator's refusal was a factor in forcing the Bush administration to act earlier than it might have wished. When Mr. Bush announced the suspension of the secret prison program in his speech before the fifth anniversary of the September 11th terror attacks, some analysts thought he was trying to gain political momentum, but in reality, the reality is uh, he, he was facing a mutiny. The administration publicly explained its decision in light of the legal uncertainty surrounding per permissible interrogation techniques following the Hamdan Supreme Court ruling in June that all terrorist suspects in detention were, de were entitled to protection under Common Article 3 of the Geneva Conventions. But, big but, the former CIA officials said Mr. Bush's hand was forced because interrogators had refused to continue their work 
until the legal situation was clarified because they were concerned that they could be prosecuted for using illegal techniques. In other words, for war crimes. One intelligence source also said that the CIA had refused to keep the secret prisons going. Senior administration officials <laughs> and Mr. Bush himself have come close to admitting this by saying interrogators sought, quote, legal clarity, end quote. But no official has confirmed on the record how and when the secret program actually came to an end. So there you go. Basically, uh, the CIA said, nah, we're not going to let you uh, drive us into The Hague, buddy. But, you know, at least, uh, you know, um, at least, uh, they, they, you know, at least somebody's trying to, you know, I don't know if they're doing the right thing or not. But, you know, it, the, the reality is, is at least somebody's trying to obey the law. <clears throat> Even if it's not the uh, chief executive of our country. Now, moving right along before we get up to our top of the hour break. The Pentagon's top brass has moved into se second stage contingency planning for a potential military strike on Iran, said uh, one senior intelligence official familiar with the plans. The official, who is close to the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the highest-ranking officials of each branch of the U.S. military, said the chiefs have started what is called branches and sequels contingency planning. The intelligence official said, quote, the Joint Chiefs of Staff has accepted the inevitable and is engaged in serious contingency planning to deal with the worst-case scenarios that the intelligence community has been painting. A second military official, although unfamiliar with these latest scenarios, said there is a difference between contingency planning, which he described as what-if-then-what planning, and branches and sequels, which takes place after an initial plan has been decided upon. Adding to the concern of both military and intelligence officials alike is the nuclear option, the possibility of preemptive use of nuclear weapons targeting alleged WMD facilities in Iran. I want to read that again. Adding to the concern of both military and intelligence officials alike is the nuclear option, the possibility of preemptive use of nuclear weapons targeting alleged weapons of mass destruction facilities in Iran. An April New Yorker report by, Cy, uh, by uh, Seymour Hirsch, Cy Hirsch, alleged that the nuclear option was on the table and that some officers of the Joint Chiefs had threatened resignation. Hirsch wrote, the attention given to the nuclear option has created serious misgivings inside the offices of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And some officers have talked about resigning. He went on, late this winter, the Joint Chiefs of Staff sought to remove the nuclear option from the evolving war plans for Iran without success. The senior intelligence official, who 
along with several military intelligence sources, confirmed that the nuclear option remains on the table. In addition, the senior official added that the Joint Chiefs have come around to the administration's thinking. The Joint Chiefs have no longer imposed roadblocks on a possible bombing campaign against Iran's nuclear production facilities. In the past, only the Air Force had endorsed the contingency, saying it could carry out the mission of destroying or at least significantly delaying Iran's ability to develop a nuclear weapon. Preparation for such a strike would require contingency plans for securing oil transport lines, of course. Of course. Number one on the list would be securing oil. Number two, dealing with possible riots, as well as assessment of issues that arose during the Iran-Iraq war. Bahrain, the official said, Bahrain will be a battle, battleground as it is majority Shia and has had Shia riots stimulated by Iran in the past. The 5th Fleet, the U.S. 5th Fleet, is also based there. A system for protection of oil transport in the Gulf will have to be devised by the U.S. Navy to protect against attacks. Pentagon did not immediately respond to repeated emails requesting comment. This is out of Raw Story, folks. This story is from Raw Story. Let's let you chew on that for a minute. Uh, you know, and I've got to tell you, before we get over to our top of the hour break, what, what really worries me more about any, than anything is that this president would send us into a war in Iran and... We haven't even cleaned up the mess from the first occupation that we've committed over there, <clears throat> much less the second one. So there'll be another country, a third country that we will uh, invade, bomb the hell out of them, thereby creating a third world war. They want their Armageddon so bad they can't stand it. This is the Bruce Birch radio program. If you want to get in on the show after the top of the hour, you know what to do. one 443 2366 This is the Head on Radio Network being simulcast on radiopower.org. For archives of this radio show, please visit headonradionetwork.com. I'll be back after the top of the hour.
This is the Quality News Network. In Washington, the Bush administration and several Republican senators have reached an agreement on the treatment of detainees in the war on terror. The president's national security advisor met with GOP senators who want the legislation to be clear that suspects in custody cannot be tortured. It also addresses detainee interrogations and what classified material suspects and their lawyers can have access to. In Baghdad today, U.S. General George Casey told the Associated Press that the conflict in Iraq is becoming an internal struggle for political and economic power. It is making a transition away from a fight against the coalition forces. The Iraqi Defense Ministry says insurgents are using a new tactic in suicide car bombs. Instead of volunteers, insurgents are kidnapping people, then rigging their vehicles with explosives and blowing them up remotely after they have been released. In Geneva, a U.N. expert says torture in Iraq may now be worse than it was under Saddam Hussein. The special investigator presented a report that indicates militias, terrorist groups, and government forces are not following the rules on humane treatment of prisoners. In New York, at a news conference today, Iran's President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad said his country's nuclear program is peaceful. He added, quote, we do not need a bomb, end quote. In Afghanistan today, the top U.S. general said that U.S. troop levels will remain at 21,000 until at least next year. Jordan has sentenced seven terrorists to death, one of them a woman. They were convicted of planning the bombings of three hotels in Amman last year, which killed 60 people. In Indonesia today, three Christian militants were executed by firing squad. The death sentences were handed down after they were found guilty of a gun and machete attack on a school six years ago, which left 70 people dead. In Bangkok, the New military rulers have taken the duties from Parliament after dissolving it following this week's bloodless coup. Political party meetings are banned and media restrictions are in place across Thailand. Several top members of the deposed Prime Minister's government have been detained. The latest New York Times CBS News poll reveals that only 25% of respondents approve of the way Congress is doing its job. In that same poll, President Bush's approval rating stands at 37%. In a Los Angeles Times Bloomberg poll, the president's approval is at 44%. You're listening to the Quality News Network. Science and Business News are next. Most people would rather have a root canal than go to a dealer to buy a car. But you can turn dread into joy when you learn how to play the car buying game. Read the book, Right Car, Right Price, and you'll discover how the game is played and how you can win every time. Whether you're buying a car or a truck, new or used, Right Car, Right Price explains how to find and buy the vehicle best suited to your individual transportation needs. Auto Week called Right Car, Right Price the right stuff. So take the hassle out of car buying. Read Right Car, Right Price, and every time you get into your new car, you'll know you've got a great deal. Go online to rightcarrightprice.com to order your copy today. It only takes an hour to read Right Car, Right Price, and it just costs $10. We even pay the postage. So go to rightcarrightprice.com right now. It'll be one of the best decisions you ever make. Public health officials have found a package of E. coli contaminated spinach in the refrigerator of a New Mexico woman who became ill. This will help pinpoint the source of the outbreak, which has been narrowed down to nine California farms. In response to the E. coli outbreak, an industry group representing about 3,000 Western growers will unveil a new food safety proposal. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said people between the ages of 13 to 64 should receive routine HIV tests. 
British businessman Sir Richard Branson is pledging an estimated $3 billion over the next 10 years to fight global warming. Walmart will begin selling generic versions of prescription drugs to its customers and employees for as low as $4 a month. Lowe's plans to open its first stores in Canada by the second half of next year. They plan a long-term goal of opening 100 stores. And the IRS says that the tax credit for people who buy Toyota or Lexus hybrid vehicles will be cut in half starting October 1st. This is because Toyota has reached the 60,000 vehicle production limit that Congress imposed for the tax credit eligibility. Light Sweet Crude settled at $61.59 a barrel on the New York Mercantile Exchange today. And at the close of Wall Street today, the Dow was down 80 points, the Nasdaq was down 15 points, and the S&P 500 was down 7 points. There's always more at our website, qualitynewsnetwork.com. I'm Ali Dramov. It's now five minutes past the hour. It's time for another hour of Conversation Radio on the Head On Radio Network. Where the callers are the experts. You're back with the Bruce Birch Radio Program. With your host, Bruce. It's six minutes past the top of the hour here on the second hour of the Bruce Burke Radio Program. If you want to get in on the show today, you have that opportunity available to you. Dial in on our free speech phone line, one eight seven seven four four three two three six six. Going right over to the free speech phone line, let's pick up uh, Peter from Tallahassee. Peter, how are you doing today? Oh, Bruce, I, I'm coming down with some sniffles and stuff. I think you must have left one of those... Uh... One of those germ warfare bombs in my house somewhere. <laughs> well, you know, maybe, maybe you know, you called yesterday. Maybe you caught caught what I've got via digital divide or something. I don't know. So it's possible. You know, I did email you some digital chicken soup, but it's so uh, we know that physical matter can definitely be transported over the web. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, talking about the uh, possibility of uh, uh, nuclear strike. Uh, it's terrifying in as much as the fact that, um, you know, Bruce, uh, he, he has never paid for anything he's ever done in his life. These people are terrified. They, they, there's only, uh, the only alternative to, to not winning the November elections, uh, uh, you know, any, any, any government that's run by, by authoritarian, um, you know, clandestine people like this does not stand up to scrutiny. It just doesn't stand up to the light of day. They simply cannot risk uh, our winning in November. So something drastic has to be done. They're, they're, you know, Bush doesn't pay for his mistakes. He's always been bailed out. And they will go to any length to, um, to prevent uh, any, uh, an investigation. So uh, the fact that a nuclear option is still on the table, I guess, quite frankly, doesn't surprise me. I'm trying to imagine some sort of scenario they could justify doing it. Um, um, I'm thinking perhaps uh, a nuclear weapon goes off in Iraq, and they say it was uh, uh, 
uh, transported from Iran, um, hmm. any number of things. But something is going to have to be done to to justify it. And um, and about the only thing you can do to justify it is the use or uh, or the claimed use that that they that they themselves used a nuclear weapon. And um, and just just pretty concerned about it. I, you know, every day is another series of nightmares from these people. I know it. It really is, Peter. And you know, and I, 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 I want you know, even though I hate to be the harbinger of bad news, I had to bring that up and and bring that to people's attention because, you know, I, I believe that knowledge is power, and we have to, in my view, you know, well, let's put it this way, I think the Bush administration and his uh, cohorts in Congress, you know, they're going to go along. They're going. They have a program, and they want to take over the Middle East, and they want to. They want to turn it into some sort of democratic paradise. But what they don't realize is that you cannot transmit democracy through bullets. It doesn't work. No, you know, uh, democracy. You know, democracy itself is an organic thing that has to grow from people who have a desire to live free lives. And I, I don't see that happening over there. Maybe a hundred years from now, you know, maybe maybe fifty years from now, but you know, it's not going to happen through uh, a four. You know, because that's not. It ceases to be a democracy at that point. It's not a democracy if it's uh, uh, forced upon them in an authoritarian way. Well, it's true. And, and the news, this news that you're, what you're talking about today, comes in the heels of the reports yesterday that that uh, one of the colonels is saying there's already operations. Ground troops are already doing clandestine yeah. operations over there. And you know, the leader of um, Iran is is, is another uh, uh, some, some slimy little. Um, um, uh, an untrustworthy uh, uh, puppet of the um, of uh, the religion industry over there. Yep. Um, I, I don't have much. Uh, I don't. I, I don't. Don't care for the man at all. I, I think he's just as sleazy and and as and as as non as unforthcoming as Bush is. Uh, about the well, it, it, I was going to say is two wackos don't make a wello, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ain't it the truth? Uh, <laughs> And uh, you know all that, all that crap. Well, you know they're talking about how afraid they were going to run into each other at the UN. Uh, you know they should have locked them both in a room for 24 hours and forced them to talk. Uh, mm-hmm. They should have locked. They should have locked them in the room for 24 hours, given them a chessboard. Huh. All the. Well, wait a minute. let me rephrase that. Yeah, uh, checkers. Uh, for our... <laughs> I was getting ready to say, yeah, you know, the, the stupid guy. Yeah. Let's go with checkers instead. Stupid guy, yeah. Okay, deck of all maids, maybe. <laughs> Here, man, play go fish. Uh, but, but you know, lock them in a room together and give them uh, maybe I don't know risk, and uh, and say, all right, guys, you know, here's the deal: you get to do this and leave the rest of the innocent people alone. Yeah. Well, and, you know, uh, a, a a weapon can certainly be uh, you know easily smuggled to the United States. In fact, uh, our operatives. Uh, could do it, you know. Do it, for, you know. Could send something in by one of our unprotected ports, and not that it ever has to be exploded, mind you. It just has to be discovered, and exactly. the source has to be claimed as being Iran. That's um, right. And, and another it, thing too, we talk about the October surprise being um, finding Bin Laden, but you know that could backfire on them because if they find Bin Laden, you know he's probably in a cell somewhere already, waiting to be, you know, suddenly found. But if they find him, then the American public goes, we found Bin Laden, now we can get rid of these damn Republicans. So that's going to back, could backfire. It's got to be something that has 
even more scare factor to it. The only thing that's got more scare factor to it is the word nuclear. And and, and I you know and, and as much as um, as much as we've talked about on this on this. Oh, did I did a Bush? Of, what'd, what'd you do? I pronounced it the way Bush does. Nuclear. <laughs> nuclear. All right. Uh, yeah, N-U-K-Y-O-O-L-E-R, nuclear. Right. They're going to send them nuclear. Stupid guy is going to send the nuclear. But, uh, you know, you were talking about the, the, the October surprise. I really, you know, I'm leaning toward this immigration thing blowing up in their faces. And the reason why I say that is because, as you said, there's nothing that will evoke more fear than the nuclear situation, but... The, the only other thing that sort of is impacting people directly and they really feel like it's impacting them directly is the, you know, the immigration issue. And, uh, and all that. And, and, and it's a huge wedge issue for the left. I mean, it really is. And, and instead of people uniting and saying, well, we need to, you know, first priority is to get Bush out of office because our Constitution and our government is in, you know, is in danger. Our way of life is in danger by this man. You know, people have t- are tending to vote based on uh, single-issue kind of stuff like that, and that's unfortunate because, you know, if they vote based on that, what will happen is we'll end up with the same old crowd in there doing the same old things and saying, ha, we got one over on you. Well, you know, the yeah. issue's terribly divisive. I see it in our chat room uh, on, on several occasions, uh, it, and it's, it's a... It's a nasty issue because it divides even us. We're pretty much all unified on everything um, um, regarding our, our political views, except for this this uh, immigration thing. It, it even it even uh, it's very polarizing. And it, it you know is there any end to the devious mess we have to put up with us from those people? God, Bruce. Well, um, I hope I hope that hopefully there will be. Peter, uh, you know, but the the reality is, is that we go through cycles, man, and and you know, I mean, what we're talking about today and some of the things that we're that we're discussing today is some of the same stuff that was discussed back when Hubert Humphrey was president, you know, and uh, right before uh, Roosevelt got elected. Yeah. So, or was it Hubert Humphrey? Well, yeah, uh, it was, it was. one of the folks in playback. That was back in the fifties, wasn't it? Or the sixties. I'm thinking. No, I'm thinking it was the guy. No, you know what? I may have. I may have that completely wrong. The, the, the guy who was right. Anyway, there was a, there was a really nasty little Republican who was right before uh, Roosevelt, who uh, ran the country into the ground essentially, and uh, got ousted for his efforts. He was basically the one who brought on the Great Depression. Oh, back then, yeah. Who was yes. that? Uh, I, I don't know. My parents lived through Where, that. Where's Tom Hartman when you need him, right? Yeah, I know. Where's he? <laughs> Yeah. Where's the smart guy? We got the stupid guy now. We need a smart guy. <laughs> but uh anyway, but you know, you're you're absolutely right. I think that uh you know, obviously the nuclear situation is is a very scary thing. We've got to start telling people about that. People are, you know, and it's almost so scary that it's hard to believe. Oh, it's hard to even verbalize it. I, it's really difficult, but it's the only thing that's scary enough to potentially keep them in power. Well, do you trust the Democrats with the, this weapon? You're, we've been attacked. You know, they're trying. They're the ones that wanted to, you know, appease Hitler. You know, which is a complete lie. Yeah. Or the phrase they use. It wasn't appease. They have this particular phrase they wheel out from time to time um, that we were trying to soft pedal Hitler. Some ridiculous scenario. 
Yeah, the, the apologists. Apologists. You know, yeah, thank you. That's the word. But uh, you know, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, Peter. I, you know, we, we've got to we've got to uh, rock this thing forward and get these people out of office, my friend. Well, so do everything you can to support yeah. your Democratic candidates. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, uh, there are a couple of Democrats. I need to, to talk with you off air. There's a, a, some Democrats, uh, Democratic candidates running in Florida. I, I would appreciate if, if maybe you could interview them. I, I need to get with you on that. Um, sure. Uh, you've, you've interviewed several, I, I believe, between you and, and uh, Bob Kincaid, and, uh, and I have a few I'd like to pass your way that I've, I've personally met and talked to. Well, please do. Please do send me an email. We'll get we'll get them on the air and uh, and get them some airtime, and you know, hopefully that'll uh, help their cause. Okay, man. I'll I'll talk to you later. Thank you a lot, Peter. Hope right. you have a wonderful afternoon. You too, sir. Take care. Okay. Okay. That was our good friend Peter from Tallahassee, Florida. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, well, I'll talk a little bit more about what's going on in the Middle East. Uh, this is the Bruce Birch Radio Program here on the Head On Radio Network, being simulcast on RadioPower.org. I'll be right back. Gone International with Sly and Robbie on the track. Drums and bass. Sweetie, I love you, but those jeans have got to go. Yeah, I know. Grab me a pair next time you go to the store, would you? No. Uh-huh. I'm not going there anymore. I can't stand it. What do you mean? It's just awful, honey. The only smile in that building is that big yellow face. Everybody else looks miserable, and I can't find anything there that's made in our country. That bothers me. Well, nobody makes clothes in America anymore. Oh, contraire, mi amigo. There's a ton of American-made clothing at No Sweat. Well, where's this No Sweat store? Out at the mall? No, silly. I found them at headonradionetwork.com. There's a link there. I already ordered some great workout gear, and I also got you some new jeans. They'll be here in a couple of days. Surprise. Headonradionetwork.com? Uh-huh. Just click on the No Sweat banner. You're right there. Helps union workers and helps support. America's other liberal network. Cool, huh? I knew listening to the horn was a good idea. Whose idea? Your idea, dear. All the good ones are. Union made? No sweat. Great prices? No sweat. Great looks? No sweat. No sweat at headonradionetwork.com. Click the banner. Do the right thing. Guy James Means, straight talk, and great guests like author and reporter Greg Pallast. Do we do we have Greg on the phone? Yes, yes, we do. All right, very good, Greg. Greg talked about his new book, Armed Madhouse. You'll see in the second chapter of the book about big oil um, that I was able to get the inside documents from inside the State Department for the the plans for the oil fields of Iraq, which is you know what it you know it's about the oil. And you actually, you know, if you thought they had a secret plan, I go and get it. Greg Palace, thank you so much. Don't miss Guy James weekday afternoons, three to five Eastern Time, right here on the Head On Radio Network. Hey, 
Native American culture has helped shape many things, from the structure of the U.S. government to the foods we eat at the dinner table. But where Indians lack presence are newsrooms. I'm Brian Bull of the Nez Perce Tribe of Idaho and a member of the Native American Journalists Association. Please go to Naja.com and learn how you can join. We need people familiar with Native culture to tell our stories and set the record straight against stereotypes and misperceptions. Naja, raising the next generation of storytellers. It won't happen to me. There are one billion teenagers in the world today. That's one in six people. What if they don't know how or can't protect themselves against AIDS or unintended pregnancy? Help ensure people have access to the tools they need to build a healthy future. Visit www.populationaction.org. That's populationaction.org. It happened to me. You're back on the Bruce Birch Radio Program. It's about 22 minutes past the hour, and uh, when we get back, or when we get back, we're already back. What am I talking about? Also wanted to uh, bring to your attention, along with the uh, option of having uh, the nuclear stuff on on the on the plate, with allegations of a plan in place and contingency scenarios in play. Several military and intelligence experts see this as proof of a secret White House order to proceed with military action. Last week, a military intelligence official described the movement of naval submarines in a deployment order sent out to naval assets of strategic import, such as minesweepers, that would indicate contingency planning is already underway to secure oil transport routes and supplies. On Sunday, Time Magazine confirmed much of what the military intelligence source had described. Time's Michael Duffy, Time Magazine's Michael Duffy, said, quote, The first message was routine enough, a prepare-to-deploy order sent through naval communications channels to a submarine, an an Aegis-class cruiser, two minesweepers, and two mine hunters. The orders didn't actually command the ships out of port. They just said, be ready to move by October 1. A deployment of minesweepers to the east coast of Iran would seem to suggest that a much-discussed, but until now largely theoretical, prospect has become real. 
Retired Air Force Colonel Sam Gardner also expressed concern about the deployment orders but cautioned that these particular ships are slow-moving and would take a month or so to arrive in position. Mine countermeasures, the four ships mentioned, are generally not self-deploying, Gardner said Wednesday. When previously sent to the Gulf, they were transported on the decks of heavy lift ships. The earliest they would arrive would be around the 1st of November. Although some claim the Defense Department has denied the deployment order, no official denial has been made. The Pentagon does not comment on operational plans, not even to issue a denial. Compound all of that with the fact that the Senate Armed Services Committee are, in the, are, are apparently in the dark about all of this. A source close to the committee who asked to remain anonymous due to the sensitivity of the information explained that a series of briefings will be going on this week and into the next, but uh, that they ha thus far they hadn't been briefed on what's happening. So, uh, now, number two. Number two. There's also a report out that says that U.S. Hel helicopter gunships have violated Pakistani airspace. Six American helicopter gunships have allegedly violated Pakistan's airspace by intruding into the country's tribal region, you know, that area that uh, uh, Musharraf said he wasn't going to mess around in, that he, he had basically ceded that area to the tribal elders. The U.S. helicopter gunships had intruded into Lawara Mandi area, about 55 kilometers west of Miransha, the capital of North Waziristan tribal agency, after militants attacked Allied forces in Pipali in Afghanistan near Pakistani border. The helicopters violated Pakistan's airspace more than six times in the area, and the Pakistani security forces did not react. Constant airspace violations by U.S. helicopters triggered tension and senior military officials flew in choppers from Miransha to assess the situation. It is a quoted uh, Pakistani officials as saying, Pakistan in the past lodged protest against such intrusions by U.S. planes and helicopters from Afghanistan while pursuing militants. The latest incident followed a deal between Pakistan government and the local tribesmen to stop militants from crossing the border. Yeah, that's going to heat up pretty soon, too. That's going to heat up pretty soon, too. There's also a story uh, that was from yesterday that said that essentially we're already operating in Iran. There's already uh, 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 operatives operating on the ground in Iran right now. We've already we've mentioned that before. Uh a matter of fact, on Fourth Estate Radio, the program that I used to do with John Fox, we talked about the fact that there was uh, a, a secret uh, 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 a black ops operation wherein a militant group based in Iraq was being funded, funneled money by the Pentagon or by the CIA, somebody, the NSA, whoever, was being funneled money to go into Iran and, and sow unrest. 
can't remember the name of the group now, but uh, this this was way back in uh, this was way back in uh, April, probably April or May. So yeah, we have been performing operations either directly or through a through or by proxy for quite a while now in Iran. I just wonder what it's going to take. I just wonder what it's going to take for the American people to stand up and say, why do we need to be the world's policemen? You know? Just, it's just, it's sad. We're going to go ahead and take our break, and when we come back, I'll have some other stuff. We'll get away from the Middle East and back toward the home front. Uh, and take your phone calls. If you want to get in on the show, more than, more than willing to hear from you and love to talk with you. 1-877-443-2366 is the number. Bruce at BruceBirch.com is the email address. I'll be right back. I'm Matt Rothschild, the editor of the Progressive Magazine, with my progressive point of view, which you can also listen to over at Progressive.org. I'm not an unalloyed fan of Hugo Chavez. The Venezuelan judiciary isn't independent under his rule. The press isn't as free as it should be, and his government harasses human rights critics. But I also think he's doing some good in reducing poverty in his own country and helping out his neighbors with subsidized oil. And it sure was refreshing to hear him speak so boldly at the U.N. on Wednesday. Kind of surprised the CIA didn't shoot him at the podium. Yeah, he was a little over the top when he referred to Bush as El Diablo. But finally, someone stood up to the guy and laid it all out. Chavez rightly denounced the hegemonic pretensions of the American empire. Chavez rightly noted that Bush spoke to the U.N. as if he owned the world. Chavez rightly observed that Bush wants to impose an elitist democratic model by means of the Marines and bombs. Chavez rightly described the anti-democratic veto that the permanent members of the U.N. Security Council hold. Chavez rightly acknowledged the revolt of the South against neoliberalism, and he had the guts to mock the most powerful man in the world. This was an act of showmanship, to be sure, but it was also an act of courage, a bracing reminder that George Bush has no right to rule the world. I'm Matt Rothschild, and that's how I see it. The United Brotherhood of Carpenters and Millwrights meet your most complex needs by providing productivity, competitiveness, reliability, 
accuracy, safety, leadership, and professionalism. Millwrights from the United Brotherhood of Carpenters are problem solvers. They accept any challenge and approach every project with the highest of competence and training. The UBC has thousands of professionals who can be at your service, giving you the best in business anytime and every time. The Head On Radio Network is proud to be sponsored by these wonderful men and women who are building the American dream every day. Thank you from the Head On Radio Network. It's about 34 minutes past the hour. We're in the last half hour of the program. Again, like I said before the break, if you want to get in on the show today, you can dial 1-877-443-2366. Got an email wanted to read to you from our friend uh, Deb. Uh, several, yes. Actually, before I do that, let me just, it was Herbert Hoover. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Cindy. Herbert Hoover. She says, you will never forget this one again. Think Hoover vacuum. They suck and they blow, and so did Hoover. <laughs> Thank you, Cindy, for, for, uh, for relaying that information. I, I, I knew it wasn't Hubert Humphrey. I don't know why. Anyway, my brain is not working great uh, over the last couple of days just because of the, the, whole, uh, the whole flu thing. But uh, Chino Deb, Chino Deb writes in to uh, Bruce at BruceBirch.com. She writes in and says, why is Bush and his cronies not admitting that there is a civil war taking place in Iraq? Well, uh, Chino, uh, Chino Deb, I would say, uh, Deb, that it's a pretty uh, simple answer. They don't admit anything. They don't admit to anything that they've ever done. Any, they, they didn't, you know, they, they, they were forced to come clean about the wiretapping. They were forced to come clean about the secret prisons because the CIA said they wouldn't operate them anymore. And now, no, they're not going to admit that there's a civil war in Iraq because that would indeed uh, uh, cast doubt on their so-called uh, um, prowess, military prowess. It's interesting to note, though, in the in the context of this conversation, six thousand six hundred people have died in two months in Iraq. Six thousand six hundred people have died in Iraq in the last two months. But you're not going to see that on the front page of the newspaper. You're not going to see hear that on the evening news chances are that news isn't going to make it out there. Why? Because it would cast doubt 
on the Bush administration, of course, the corporations, the media corporations, the Rupert Murdochs, who own the media, aren't going to let that get out because, you know, having Bush in power is a boon to them. They love him being in power. But uh, based on that alone, I would say, you know, that's why they're not admitting that there's a civil war taking place in Iraq. Because they don't want to admit that they, that they've, that they have created a, a much worse problem than, uh, than it was there before. Having, uh, said that, a greedy oil party representative, a Republican, from uh, Georgia, Lynn Westmoreland, apparently has backed away from comments he made recently suggesting that he supports torturing terrorism suspects. But he said intelligence agencies should be given latitude to use, quote, the methods necessary, end quote, to get information from detainees. On Tuesday, the Grantville Republican told a Douglas County Chamber of Commerce luncheon that he, quote, voted for torture end quote, and that we quote, that, that quote, we need to get information out of these people the best way we can. He said Wednesday that he should have put that another, another way. <laughs> I might have should have put that a different way. Maybe I shouldn't have said that I voted for torture, he said in an interview with the Associated Press. I should have said I voted against the anti-torture bill. <laughs> Yeah. The vote he referred to came last year on an amendment reaffirming the United States' commitment to the U.N. Convention Against Torture. The measure passed the House 415 to 8. That's right. He was one of the eight. The U.N. Convention defines torture as as, as intentionally inflicting severe pain or suffering, whether physical or mental, to obtain information or a confession. Westmoreland, on his part, said that that definition is too vague. And he believes intelligence professionals deserve more flexibility. Okay, let's, let me read this again. Because uh, let's just uh, let's see if this is really that vague. All right? The U.N. Convention defines torture as intentionally inflicting severe pain or suffering, whether physical or mental, to obtain information or a confession. That's too vague. Well, you know, we, we, we need to understand, we need to define what severe means, right? Uh, if, you're, if you're attaching electrodes to people and making them stand in a bucket of water, you know, like, you're, like, like, like is going on all over the place in the secret prisons, I would call that severe pain. If you're putting someone on a board and sliding them down into a... a, a, a uh, a pool of water, making them think that they're going to drown, I would think that that's intentionally inflicting severe mental pain. He went on and said, I think they should use the methods necessary to get the information from the people who know the information. We're fighting people that don't wear a uniform. They're not from a country. They're not a recognized military. So I don't know what the Geneva... I don't know that the Geneva Convention even covers them. Newsflash. 
The Supreme Court said it does. Mr. Uh, what's your name again? Mr. Mr. West Moran, Mr. Uh, uh, Lynn West Moran. When he was pressed on whether that means he supports torture, he said, "What's torture? Torture is many things to many people. People have different breaking points." <laughs> Oh, my God. Asked whether he would support using electric shocks, he said, quote, electric shocks are given to people during initiations to different clubs. Is that torture? I don't know. Okay, now this is just getting too freaky. What club do you are you a part of that you have to have an electric shock during your initiation to get in? I mean, look. I was a part of many clubs, including uh, an electrician's club. Well, you know, an electrician's. Now, you would think that if they're, if they're going to be a club that has an electric shock as an initiation, it would be the electrician's club, right? Uh, no, it wasn't. It was 100 bucks. <laughs> okay? Oh, my God. These people, these people, they're, they're hateful, they're mean, they're just, they're psychopaths. They're absolutely psychopaths. <sighs> One more, one more little line from this, and then we'll move on. When he was asked about beatings, he said, Are you talking about tying his hands behind his back and beating him in the head? <laughs> no, I'm not for that. <laughs> oh, but if you tie his hands behind his back and punch him in the throat, it's okay. If you tie his hands behind the back and, and smack him around a bit, it's okay. If you tie his hands behind his back and stand him on a bucket and put electric uh, uh, electrodes to his nipples and then hit him with 220 volts real quick, that's okay, huh? As long as you don't beat him in the head while his hands are tied behind his back. This guy is to the right of Genghis Kong. Westmoreland uh, criticized the handful of GOP senators, including former Vietnam prisoner of war John McCain, who are blocking President Bush's effort to reinterpret Geneva Convention protections on detainees. He said he supports the White House position, which calls for a narrower interpretation of the protections, allowing more aggressive interrogation tactics. Yeah. You know what I think? Here's what I think. I think we ought to take all these folks who are all in favor of uh, of these kinds of, of treatment of prisoners, and let, I'll tell you what, why don't you go try out the torture yourself? Let's take them to torture camp. Load them up on a bus, right, down at the local church, wherever. Uh, put them on the bus and, uh, you know, with a little sign over top of the uh, the windshield that says, bound for torture camp. Load them up on the bus, uh, put, uh, put them in, in, in orange jumpsuits and hoods over their heads, tie their hands behind their back, drive them about three or four hours away, stick them in a, in a cinder block of a building that has partitions, chain them to the floor, bring dogs in, let the dogs uh, jump and bark and, and nip at them and, and stuff, and you know, st strap them to waterboards and and uh, you know and, and make them think like they're drowning. I don't know. Maybe attach a few uh, electrical uh, electrodes here and there on various parts of the body and hit them with uh, some voltage. I don't know. You know, tie tie their hands behind their back and uh, you know and force you know force them into humiliating sexual positions. Uh, then ask them. Uh, do you think this is torture? If he answers it like he did just now with. 
What's torture? Torture is many things to many people. People have many different breaking points. Then we know this guy's a sick, sick puppy. All right. I need to get away from this one. This one's making me angry. Let's take a break. This is the Bruce Birch Radio Program. If you want to get in on the show, you've got about 15 minutes left to do it. 1-877-443-2366 is the number. Bruce at BruceBirch.com is the email address. I'm going to take a break. When I come back, we'll wrap the show up. I'll be right back. of democracy pinned up against the coast Our house of bureaucracy surrounded by a moat Citizens of poverty are barely out of sight The overlords escape near evening The people on the night Morning brings the tourists painting eyes and rubber necks Harry Potter has given us all a unique glimpse at education the way it ought to be. Never once do Harry and his Hogwarts friends talk about skipping class, ducking tough instructors, waiving requirements, or shirking responsibilities. That perspective, be practical, get it the easiest, fastest, cheapest way you can, is what J.K. Rowling terms the muggle approach to education. We're Concord University, and do we have a deal for you? At Concord, education's different than anywhere else around. There's a reason that Concord students get the best jobs, are sought out by the best medical, graduate, and law schools in the land. It's no wonder that Concord has been cited by U.S. News & World Report and by the Wall Street Journal. Where do I sign up? At Southern West Virginia's version of Track 9 and 3 quarters. All you have to do is believe, and believe in yourself. Concord University, an education you can put to work. 1-888-384-5249. We look to the day when you can live in freedom, and America and Iran can be good friends and close partners in the cause of peace. See, this is where we get a really bad reputation. I live in a country where I'm not even sure if my vote's going to count in November. How free are you? How free are the people on the Gulf Coast? How free are the families that still grieve for the bodies dragged out of Aracoma and Sago? How free are they? He throws around precious terms with precious little regard for them. How free are we that chose by a, a wide margin in the year 2000, November 2000, we chose a man named Al Gore to be the President of the United States. How free are we that we were saddled with this ignorant, ignorant, hateful little man? How free are we? How free? I'm Bob Kincaid. Join me weeknights, 7 to 10 Eastern, right here on the Head-On Radio Network. One way employers honor their most cherished workers is by allowing them the pleasure of meeting a quota. Because management is so smart and in touch, the quota is always a realistic goal that can be easily met. Selling 80 sets of encyclopedias this week? No problem. The worker loves his quota because he knows it's merely a target and not a big axe constantly looming over his head that'll determine if he's still employed or living in a cardboard box next month. When you exceed your quota, you're sure to be given a huge bonus. 
your boss would not just use this as an excuse to raise your quota in a devilish game of how much work can we pile on Sheldon before he starts babbling and stains his chair again. Yes, the rewards are great and easily obtainable for meeting your quota. You're back on the Bruce Birch Radio Program. It's about uh, 48 minute, minutes past the hour. Uh, let's go straight over to the phone lines. Jim is rejoining us. Uh, Jim, you had something else you wanted to add? Oh, just the old pinball wizard here. You know, I'll tell you something. These people are just kinky. <laughs> I mean, that what it I is? just wonder, you know, I think what they need is what I call a program of instruction, a POI in special high-intensity training. You follow me? Uh, yes, I do. And, you know, I imagine they probably, I would hate to think of what they like to do at night when the drapes are drawn and who visits them and who puts on the black leather outfit and walks on them with stiletto heels and, you know, pops it to them with this, that, and the other. They, this sound, these three people sound like they are a bunch of S&M freaks. Uh, well. Certainly sounds like they enjoy inflicting it on others anyway, right? Well, I mean, you know, let them hit with let them get hit with a, a cattle prod. That's what I think. We should we should have a torture camp. We send them off to torture camp. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like I say, for what we call special high intensity training, and we'll give all the special high intensity training they can stand to see how they like it. Oh yes, the special high intensity training. Yes. Yes. And you know, if anybody's interested, most of them would probably love it. They'd probably be over there asking for more because if what? they're that crazy to say some of the stuff in public that they've said, they're probably—I don't know—they probably have mistresses who, are, you know, like I say, are dominatrixes, or I don't know. It's just—it. It, my, I find my sanity racing over the hedge of a cliff when I hear statements like <laughs> say. <laughs> Well, Jim, I mean, let, you know, let your think, let your imagination let your imagination not, run wild, and I'll and I'll guarantee you that you might even you might get close to reality of what's going on. Bruce, I'm going to tell you, I've seen some weird things on two continents, and all my life, some people have been things and seen places, and I've been places and seen things. But I swear to God, I have never in my life heard some of the statements come out of some of the mouths of these people that I have heard you discuss this afternoon and supposedly being members of the government in high responsible positions. Yes, it has become accepted to be a wacko. Well, I'm accepted to be a wacko. It's, yep. it's beyond me, and I thank you for your time. But like I say, if they want it, I'll be willing to write the program for them for some special high-intensity training, all they could stand. That's right. And, I, and Well, you know what? 
uh, why don't you go ahead and write a program up? We might we might just go ahead and implement a special head on radio network special high intensity training camp uh for uh for wayward senators and uh, congressmen uh, maybe next summer, huh? I think I know somebody in Angola who could probably help me. How about I bet you do. <laughs> I've you, some weird people in my life and you know, some of these people, honestly and truly, particularly some well let's just say I've known some strange people who've done some strange work for the government and they'd revel in this sort of stuff. That's what they love to do. Well, uh, maybe we'll have to we'll have to pick that up at some other point, uh, yeah, my friend. But I do appreciate your call. I'll get off here before I get arrested. But listen, you take care and take care of your flu, and not just thought I'd throw that in. Uh, thank you very much, and take care of your Farvard Nugent. My oh oh oh, my Wiedenfrugen and my Kaplusengangen. Yes, that too. Yes. All right. Good night. <laughs> thank you, Jim. All right. Very quickly, going right over to line two, we've got Sarge waiting. Sarge, what's happening, man? How you doing today? Oh, well, I was uh, told that this was. Hey, Bob, how are you doing? No. Call me by my given name, the one they gave me. And the one that I was, uh, you know, <clears throat> busted up with. Yeah? They called me Gunny Bob, not just Bob, okay? Okay. People on the net used to call me that before I got too <clears throat> frisky. <laughs> On, on, on the head-on net, I used to be called Gunny Bob. And I told <coughs> our, <coughs> our new leader, <coughs> excuse me, I told him, I said, call me Gunny Bob. Don't call me Bob North Dakota. Just call me Gunny Bob. That's good. It works. It fits. It, it, it brings me back, and it makes me safe. Okay? And, Bruce, you're a good you know, sometimes you get, you know, kind of off on tangents, don't we all? Uh-huh. Huh? I said, yeah. Yeah, we find our, you know, our niche, and, hey, I'm going to go after that. I just say, hey, hey, Google, okay? I say, you're doing the right thing. Hey, and people have to listen to him because he's not a, a dictator. No, he is a man of the people, by the people. And for the people. And the people keep calling him back to do what he does, and he's just working for them. And that is what George Washington was, and that is what Thomas Jefferson was, and that is what every great leader has ever been. From Teddy Roosevelt to, to um, uh, what's this other guy? What's this other Roosevelt? Oh, yeah, Franklin Eleanor yeah. Roosevelt. Yeah? Yep. He was not, he wasn't a superman. None of us are supermen. None of them were supermen. None of them were gods. But we have a little punk rabbit, a little bunny boy. I, I used to love that with Mike Borba. He used to call him a, a bunny pants. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? Because that's what he is. He's a punk, a coward. He hides behind things. He hides behind his mommy's skirt. He hides behind everyone. And he has no courage, no real courage. He can't even come out and say who he really is. He goes to the U.N. and he spouts off things about murdering hundreds or millions of people with nuclear weapons. 
like we're going to bomb Iran tomorrow for George Bush. I pray to God we don't. And if if Iran is bombed tomorrow for George Bush, I pray to whosoever God that they suffer the same torment that those poor children, that poor women, the you know, you're talking about poor people here, Bruce. You and me, yeah, we're yeah. poor people. We, hey, we're not rich. There's nothing rich about being a retired old man sitting in the middle of a country that has no has no heart, has no strength. Has you know, they 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 throw the flag around themselves, wrap themselves up in red, white, and blue, and scream what? You know, if you don't, if you <laughs> you're either with us or with the with the terrorists. Good God, they are the terrorists. Anyone that goes out there and wraps themselves in the red, white, and blue, I'm talking about old glory today. Anyone that wraps themselves in our flag, the flag of the United States of America, are, 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 are terrorists because we are terrorizing the world. And we have no right to tell Hugo, Hugo or whatever, Chavez from Venezuela that his people come last and, and he is, he's, he's, he's just, he's nothing. He's, well, you know, and I, I think it's all, it's all a bunch of posturing, man. The, the, Hugo no, Chavez has, done, has, done, a, a, has done a lot of good stuff here. And Bob, I've got to, I'm going to have to let you go because I'm, I'm, I'm running right up at the top of the hour. But, but I appreciate your call, my friend. I'm glad I got bumped off. Okay. Well, I, 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 the clock is ticking, and Agnes is, is sitting over there with a the frying pan. Well, let her hit me too. I love Agnes. <laughs> she's a great woman. I, I think she's a good girl, and uh, I would uh, be proud to call her daughter. And you, I'm proud to call you a friend. Well. I am, uh, Gunny. I'm glad you're mine as well, my friend. I I'd certainly. Next time, give me a call a bit earlier in the show. We'll we'll have yeah, we'll spend no, some time. I've just, hey, I, I, I just started getting uh, you know people coming on later. You know, saying, well, uh, he's uh, he, he's just a crazy old veteran. Thank you, Bob, for the call. It's about, uh, well, we're running up right at the top of the hour. First of all, I want to thank uh, uh, Zach Revish for producing the program and for being uh, wonderful there at the uh, Head On Radio Network studios in West Virginia. I also want to thank uh, John Fox for being the chief engineer and the announcer of this radio program, chief, chief engineer of the Head On Radio Network. also would like to thank uh, Ben Birch, White Rose Society, for being uh, the uh, managing the streams and the archives of this radio program. Shelby LaPrey, RadioPower.org, for simulcasting this radio program on her network. Uh, thank you very much, Shelby. I'd also like to thank uh, Peter Godbold of Godbold Computer Services for being our IT professional. Gene from uh, Oregon for being our head-on headlines news ninja. Hiya! Uh, and also would like to thank you listeners for joining me this afternoon uh, for another excursion down the progressive uh, path, if you will. Uh, and uh, also, last but not least, to the West Virginia District Council of Carpenters and Millwrights, you guys absolutely rock for bringing this program to the airwaves. This has been Bruce Birch, and uh, last but not least, folks, remember, it's your democracy, too, and it's not a spectator sport. I'll see you tomorrow.
administration and several Republican senators have reached an agreement on the interrogation and trials of suspected terrorists. The National Security Advisor met with GOP senators who want the legislation to make it clear that those suspects cannot be tortured and what classified material suspects and their lawyers can have access to. Congress is likely to vote on the measure next week. In New York today, Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad maintained that his country's nuclear program is peaceful. He also says Iran has not hidden anything from nuclear inspectors. On the topic of Lebanon, Ahmad Najad refused to say whether he would comply with the Security Council's demand to withhold arms from Hezbollah. Meantime, eight German warships are heading to Lebanon as part of the UN-brokered ceasefire between Israel and Hezbollah. Parliament approved the deployment yesterday despite opposition by some who remain wary of the link between Nazi Germany and the Holocaust. In Baghdad today, U.S. General George Casey told the Associated Press that the conflict in Iraq is becoming an internal struggle for political and economic power. He says the country is moving away from fighting against coalition forces. In Washington, Pakistan's president told 60 Minutes that the U.S. threatened to bomb Pakistan if it did not join in the war on terrorism. Deputy Secretary of State Richard Armitage reportedly told him to, quote, be prepared to be bombed, be prepared to go back to the Stone Age, end quote. Musharraf is meeting with President Bush at the White House on Friday. In Indonesia today, three Christian militants were executed by firing squad. They were found guilty of a gun and machete attack on a school six years ago, which left 70 people dead. In Geneva, a U.N. expert says torture in Iraq may now be worse than it was under Saddam Hussein. He cited a new report that indicates militias 